Welcome to NFL Live. Super Bowl 58 is set. Chiefs versus 49ers. Lots more on that. But first, how we got here. We're going to pick it up with Brock Purdy and the 49ers hosting Jared Goff and the Lions. We're going to go to the second quarter with six minutes left in this one. The Lions were up big early. This time they're up 14-7. to Jameer Gibbs on fire, Dan. Yeah, a huge part of the early part of this game was that toss crack that we had talked about all last week. They go with a little counter kick oh. and Gibbs oh. with the ball in his hands and space is spectacular. Lions leading 24-7 at the half. So third quarter, 49ers now trail 24-10. Brock Purdy dropping back, firing it downfield. Sometimes the ball just bounces <laughs> your way. It's an unfortunate bounce for Detroit. Vildor right there for the pick. Ayuk, unbelievable <laughs> hand-eye coordination to make that catch. That is the worst, man. When you're on the ground doing the dead cockroach, it's awful. <laughs> I do that often. A few plays later, third and goal. Purdy connecting with Ayuk in the end zone, and the 49ers coming back. They now trail 24-17. The fans are starting to feel it. You could see the energy in the stadium change. The 49ers' next drive after a Lions fumble. Christian McCaffrey punching it in. Now the game is tied at 24, and all bets are off. All right, under eight minutes to go. Lions trailing 27-24. They're going for it on fourth and three. Goff trying to hit Amon Ross St. Brown, but the pass ball is incomplete. And once again, they fail to convert on fourth down. We'll talk about that with Mina Kimes in just a minute. The numbers will tell you exactly what we'll need to know. Next 49ers possession, Elijah Mitchell getting the handoff, punching it in there. San Francisco extending the lead 34-24, and then a minute to go in the game. Again, Lions facing fourth and goal from the 49ers' third yard line. And, Dan, this was crazy. That's an outstanding throwing catch. Jared Goff pump fakes, get the underneath defender, and then Jamison Wilson with the up-high contested catch. All right, so now they need to try and recover the onside kick. Ensuing onside kick attempt, and George Kittle able to jump on it. The 49ers win 34-31. Let's hear from Kyle Shanahan on the winning side. The guys didn't want today to be the last day, and we put ourselves in a hole, but they played like it in the second half, and we were able to get the ball to bounce the right way, and we made up for what we did in the first half. You know, Coach Wilts came in at halftime, and, Co and Coach Kyle came in at halftime. It's like, yo, man, it's time to man up, trying to get stops in. You know, we down 17 and a half, and it's just like, whatever is it going to take for us to get this win, and we went out there and did it. It's, it's huge, man, and, and for all of us, to what we went through, I guess, last year, this whole year has been crazy. You go through highs, you go through lows, and obviously we have one more job's not finished, but I'm, I'm just, I can't tell you guys how proud I am of, of the team to fight. Yeah, Brock Purdy was a different quarterback in the second half. He posted a 99 total QBR. Remember, that's out of 100, okay? He was great throwing the ball, but he made a real difference with his legs. He rushed four times for 49 yards and three first downs. And that's where we were getting all the texts in the group chat from Marcus Spears saying, Brock's legs! All right, so Marcus Spears is here today, of course, and Mina Kimes in studio. we got Dan Orlovsky and Ryan Clark. Good to be with you guys. We're excited. We know who's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Mina, we start with you. Another second half comeback for Purdy. Why was he so effective in that spot? Yeah, well, you nailed it, Laura. The story of the comeback was Brock using his legs to extend and convert. And it got me thinking back to the original trade by the San Francisco 49ers to go up and get Trey Lance. I think they did that in part because they wanted a mobile quarterback in a roundabout way. They found one. I mean, he's not as dynamic a runner as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, of course, but he has enough dual threat ability so that if you either play man coverage or you play zone and get too much depth trying to take away those in-breaking routes, which the Lions did at times, he will punish you. 
He'll take off with those legs. He'll also keep his eyes downfield to extend. He had more completions outside the pocket than any quarterback in the championship games. This is going to be a massive storyline, especially as we look back at the last time the San Francisco 49ers played the Chiefs with Jimmy Garoppolo. It is the single biggest difference between that quarterback and this one, and it is a large part of why they won this game. Yeah, he turned into Joe Burrow, really, in the second half. And we saw his superpower, which was guts on third down and then reactions and instincts. And that's what most resembles Joe. This is a third down press man out route at the bottom of the screen versus press man. It's got to be one, two, three hitch. Ball has to come out. The ball is getting thrown by Brock Purdy right now before Ayuk is even ready for it. And then it's elite ball placement versus man coverage. Absolutely fantastic. Third and four. Okay, you got to go make something happen. Everybody is covered. It's man coverage. The instincts and reaction here to get outside the pocket, have vision back to Jennings, and then see that Campbell is coming. If he throws his ball on a line, it's going to get picked off by Campbell. I think this is that sixth sense of his to float the ball up over, and it's an unbelievable catch by Jennings. So there's that reaction and instincts. Second 11, never underestimate your ability to not throw the football. Goes to throw the choice route, it's not there. Don't wait. Tuck it and run. This is very vintage Joe Burrow, like when it comes to not waiting, not trying to get from two to three, understanding man coverage. You are the check down. This is epitome of it. Look at this. Two-hand ball swipe. Detroit's playing man coverage. Step through from Aiden Hutchinson. And again, no one really accounting for the quarterback and just some of those back-breaking runs. It was an unbelievable gutsy reaction-based instinctual performance and it was the best one that we've seen in that moment that resembled Joe Burrow. Well, I think what happened was we finally got to see Brock Purdy in some sort of chaos, right? We don't love to watch players play when everything's under control or you have ideal factors around you. And we saw with Brock Purdy throughout the year when he has all of his skill players at his disposal. Also, Trent Williams added to that. This team is virtually unstoppable, unbeatable outside of the Baltimore Ravens. We hadn't seen Brock Purdy in this sort of situation. And to watch him not only execute, but enjoy the chaos, embrace Mm. the chaos, become a better player because of the chaos. That's how you get opportunities to separate yourself from the Dak Prescott, separate yourself from some of these other players that we've seen throughout the regular season be able to pile up stats but not show up in the biggest moments. And right now, other than Patrick Mahomes, the guy who's going to be standing on the other sideline from him in the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy showed that he's ready for those moments more than any other quarterback in the entire league. Mm. What, what, that's the point, RC, because by nature, we determine where you are about how you perform in pressure situations and in the playoffs. And what Brock Purdy did was change the narrative around who he is. I still watch that game, even in the second half of the Green Bay game, late in that game. He showed a lot of what he showed in the second half of this football game. But when we're watching players and teams go through a regular season, we know the ups and downs and ebbs and flows. But the thing that I kept thinking watching Brock was, this is a got to have it situation. He delivered again. This is a got to have it situation. He answered the bell. This is a got to have it situation. So the things that we attribute to quarterbacks that perform like that are the words like elite, are the words like game changers, are the words like he can carry his team and lift them when everything is not going well. I thought the young man yesterday put everything to silence with that performance in the second half because when you talk about insurmountable odds, he was against them all. 
Yeah, he's proven time and time again that he can make a comeback when it's needed to the point here. All right, breaking news here on NFL Live. We're going to go right to Adam Schefter with more on the breaking news. Adam, what do you have for us here? Well, I didn't realize we were breaking news right now. I thought we were talking about coordinators. What are we doing here exactly? Can oh, I think we have oh, some Charles injuries in Kansas yeah, the, City. Oh. <laughs> yes, thank you, Laura. Thank you. We have a breaking news with the Kansas City Chiefs. Charles Amenahu tweeted moments ago that a broken heart, and it looks like he's got a torn ACL according to multiple reports around the NFL that Amenahu does have an ACL, which obviously will knock him out for the season, and that will be a blow to the Chiefs' off defensive line. He had gotten tremendous pass rush, been a big-time addition. He was hoping to play, but obviously the test results confirmed different. There you see the broken heart emoji that we referred to. He's going to be knocked out of the Super Bowl. That's a big-time loss for the Chiefs' defense and their defensive line. All right, Adam, we're also getting that coaching news in in just a moment, so don't go far, but I do want to get the <laughs> reaction. You. This Ominihu news, I think, is enormous. RC, what can you tell I, us I think about it's huge. It He's one of the unsung heroes of that defense, able to get pressure when we watched him go to four-man pressure this week against yeah. Lamar Jackson. If people remember, he was the guy that had the caused sack fumble early in the first half. And so when you think about this team opposite George Koloftis is how are they going to get a rush? What is, Steve, what is Steve Spagnola going to do to get pressure off of the edge on the other side? Will it be move Chris Jones? Will we see more second-level pressure from guys like Justin Reed and also Trent McDuffie? And so this could be a piece that they have to do some different things with in order to affect the quarterback. But I believe this is a huge underrated loss for this Kansas City Chiefs defense. Time and time again, the playoffs are who can win one-on-one matchups up front. And he was one of those guys that could provide that. The first thing you said, RC, the four-man rush. They were very disciplined. Like, we'll get more into Kansas City when Spags didn't bring pressure, how good this defensive line was at condensing and closing the pocket. And Amenahu was was really good at pressuring the pocket, but not getting out of sorts. So it's a big deal. It's it's almost like that continuity you need going mm. into the Super Bowl. Obviously, after what we just watched Brock Purdy do with his legs, I think that makes it bigger now that we've seen a mobile quarterback in San Francisco. Yeah, also sending mm. our best to Charles. I'm sure, as mm. he tweeted, the heartbreak, not getting to play in the Super Bowl. We're thinking about you. And we got a lot of news today. As you can see on NFL Live, we're just getting started. The Chiefs heading back to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. Here are what impressed Mina most about Patrick Mahomes' performance. It may surprise you. We'll tell you more. Plus, after an action-packed Sunday, Dan and RC going to the touchscreen. They're talking about one of the biggest plays of the weekend. I promise you don't want to miss it. These guys are absolutely fantastic over there. More to come after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The reimagined Pro Bowl games are back in Orlando. The first six events of the skills competition are Thursday at 7 Eastern on ESPN. The final four events, Sunday at 3 Eastern. And, of course, it all culminates with a 7-on-7 flag football game. Peyton and Eli back to coach the AFC and NFC teams. And NFL Live will be there as well. We can't wait. Let's get back to some of the action that got the Chiefs to the Super Bowl. A trip to Las Vegas hanging in the balance. And Mahomes and Lamar going at it in the AFC championship game. First drive of the game for Kansas City. And they got off to a really hot start, Dan. Outstanding ball placement on the back left hip to Kelsey. And the... Adjustment, body control versus man coverage is special. So could the Ravens answer? Well, in that very next drive, they could because Lamar Jackson is a magician. He's magical. He's a unicorn. I don't even know what you want to call him. That was unbelievable. Both quarterbacks just came out so hot in this game. He shakes that sack and then throws a perfect throw to Flowers. Let's go to the fourth quarter here. First play of the final stanza here. Lamar finding a wide open Flowers who appears to stretch for the score, but a crucial fumble there by the rookie wipes away a critical score as Kansas City recovers. You heard Zay talking today about how this play won't won't define him. He's got so much more left in the tank for his career, but certainly disappointing. So then the Ravens defense able to get a stop and another opportunity that we'll see here. Under seven minutes left, Lamar trying to hit Isaiah Likely down the middle of the field right there. Force throw. RC and I are going to break this one down just from the defensive to the offensive perspective of what the quarterback's Mm. looking at and a fantastic play for the takeaway by the Chiefs defense. Lamar can't believe it. The Chiefs are facing third and nine, roughly two minutes left, and in poetic fashion as we continue our literary Pure, Just absolutely (laughs) pure from Patrick Mahomes. Credit MVS making a huge catch. So once again, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Here's more from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean... I don't like losing any any games, so every loss I feel like is tough. Um, but we always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset. And Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building. Um, and and no one hung their head, and everybody was ready to go. And now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done. I mean, how can we ever doubt him? Okay, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs controlled this game from start to finish. Mahomes has now thrown 203 passes in the playoffs since his last interception dating back to last year. That's the third longest streak without a pick in NFL postseason history. Chiefs fans are knocking on wood. That's okay. He can tie Brady's record with 34 more attempts without a pick in the Super Bowl. So, again, no turnovers, only 241 yards through the air. Mina, how is Mahomes able to get it done yesterday? First, I want to echo something Dan said on Friday. Don't take this for granted. Four yeah. Super Bowls in five years is insane. ridiculous. Uh, and it happens because of his evolution, ongoing evolution as a quarterback. And what you saw in this game is what you've really seen from him the last couple of years, which is he is ruthlessly efficient. Mm. After the first drive, uh, the Ravens defense really tightened up, and he wasn't carving them up downfield. But 
He was taking what was given to him, being opportunistic about his shots, and most importantly, Laura, avoiding mistakes. Over the last two weeks, to my eye, Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback in the NFL who either hasn't thrown an interception or thrown a ball that should have been intercepted. Yeah. <laughs> he is so careful with the football. And I know we love the dazzling plays and the highlights, but that to me is as worth highlighting as anything we see from these quarterbacks right now. Yeah, I don't know what happened to me in particular. I, I thought I was going to bet big because we're going to Vegas for the Super Bowl and just walked away looking dumb as hell because so I knew Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback for Kansas City. And the thing that I loved about him, and obviously y'all talk about this every postseason, it's how quick he is to just go get a first down mm. and create opportunities with his legs. And this is one of those situations where we've seen quarterbacks, especially the one on the other side, just try to hold the ball. And then two plays here that I think stuck out to me. Cree Humphrey had no idea he had two bad snaps in a row. Why? Because Patrick Mahomes is poised. And that's mm. something that I watched, you know, Dio and RC talk about this morning. MK just alluded to it. The, the calm, KD got a picture on his, uh, Kevin Durant has a picture on his Twitter of a dude standing on the wall with like a thousand knives pointed at his face. And he just is calm and cool and collected. And that's how Pat Mahomes plays football. And I don't think he get a, gets enough credit because he makes tremendous plays and it's always something to capture your mind. But the poise that he displayed was the best thing to me in the whole game. Yeah, Kevin Durant doesn't have a picture of Patrick Mahomes with the knives in his face. Maybe he should. RC, let's take a minute to look at the Chiefs defense. They hold Baltimore yeah. under 100 yards on the ground, come up big with some turnovers. What do you yeah. like about that game plan? Well, I think what we have to start being able to recognize about this Kansas City Chiefs defense is it reminds me of Tom Brady's New England offenses where they can morph it to anything they need to each week based off of who they're playing, but still keep an authentic identity to who they are. Mm. You think about LeJarrius Sneed that's going to travel with the number one wide receiver, Trent McDuffie in the slot, who's a tackler, a blitzer, and also figuring out ways to be have integrity in their rush. And think so also about the physicality of the safeties this week. I thought that Steve Spagnuolo's plan was absolutely phenomenal. And the other thing was every guy in each piece understood their role to a T. The best of teams are going to have your superstars. You're going to have the Chris Joneses who make the huge splash plays, the Jarius needs, but you're also going to have the McDuffies, you're going to have the Williams, you're going to have the Carlothis, and all those pieces fit so well together, and they were able to dictate to the Baltimore Ravens who they want to want, wanted them to be, not the other way around. It's funny to hear you say like the Patriots offense, because Spags was the best coach in football this weekend, and I yeah. feel he called defense like an offensive coordinator, Ooh. and the way that they played different personnel groupings to dictate to Baltimore, they played six different personnel groupings, a couple of them, three Two, six. So three defensive linemen, two linebackers, and six defensive backs. They place speed on the defensive field, and everybody can play man-to-man -man coverage, but also have speed after Lamar Jackson. Tight coverage, ball comes out. Then they go to 3-3-5. Three, three, three defensive linemen, three linebackers, and five defensive backs. That allows, again, certain coverages to be played, the rotations being perfect, man-to-man -man coverage with pressure, and everybody in speed to keep Lamar exactly where they want, in the pocket, but also quick enough to get after them. 4-1-6, four, four defensive linemen, one backer, and six defensive backs. The communication, the ability to play in lockstep, you're playing cover two with underneath coverage by defensive backs and secondary players, and then again, rallying around Lamar Jackson. The different ways that he took those 
personnels on different situations. They played, I think, 57 snaps on defense yesterday. 51 of them had at least five defensive backs on the field. But the different formations with defensive linemen, backers, and defensive backs, it was like an offense dictating personnel. Yeah, and and, and the, other, the other piece to it was, though, that it was positionless. We often yeah. talk mm. about defenses that way, but they had so many guys that could either play high, the linebacker level, corner, and I think that made it difficult for Lamar to be yeah. able to detect what they were playing. Yeah, how do you figure it out? Go, Mina. Please, MK, Sorry. say it. Please Just say, say it. I don't want to. Please say it. I'm hearing Dan Please. be like five DBs, six DBs, showing them in no diamond. Doubt. And I'm just sitting here going, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I'm sorry. It's, it was, Marcus will talk about it later. It was infuriating. Marcus's head was blowing up. Um, it's okay. We're going to talk about that later. So you don't want to miss it. <laughs> you will so see him spontaneously combust. I'm so mad. Breathe, uh, big fella. He hates it when they don't run. It's still to come. Dan and RC going to the touch screen. They're going to talk about Patrick Mahomes' great game-sealing connection with Marquez Valdez. Okay. It's all coming your way next right here on NFL Live. We'll be back on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. A Tuesday tradition unlike any other boys. What do we got this week? Daniel, let's ride. Started it hot. This is football 101. We are your professors. This is Dan Arlowski. <laughs> I am Ryan Clark. It's going to be a party. You're wide open. You're wide open. You're wide open. Why? Exactly. Hell, I don't you know. know. You know what that is, RC. This technique right here is called scared as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Pursuit, drop, tackle, make plays. Condensed splits, big posts, tutty. Well, the playoffs are the stories of rich men and wealthy men. A rich man makes plays all regular seasons. A wealthy man makes plays in the playoffs. Rich men, they just live a short while. Wealthy men, they become legends. <laughs> I mean, poetry to start it off. All right. <laughs> we are going to watch basically the game-sealing plays from each vantage point. Lamar Jackson and his interception, and then Patrick Mahomes, the MVS, to seal the game. So they're in really two-minute drill. Bottom of the screen, they're going to try to take a shot. Real quick, they're going to go double move to Bateman. Now, Lamar Jackson, when he catches his snaps, RC, I'm like, I'm trying to yeah. take a shot right now, and he's peeking down at the bottom right, of the screen. Right, with the first thing, too. Also, look at LeJarrius Sneed. He already 
already understands that that play can't beat him. So he's pushed deep before even paying attention to what Rashad Bateman is going to do. And if you're Lamar Jackson and you're peeking this way, Bateman sits it down and he's going to go double move. And to your point, Snead never actually yeah. bites. So you're trying to get your quarterback, even though we're in two minute, in almost panic mode to get off of that to a secondary receiver. Now what happens is when Lamar's peeking that way, this safety starts to drive backside yep. as likely he's trying to signify, hey, I've beaten my two underneath right, defenders. But, and, and this is this is one of those times that's going to be very difficult for Lamar Jackson. You have to take the short thing or use your legs to create because you have triple coverage there because without Odell Beckham Jr. pushing Bush backside, he can push straight to Isaiah Light. You're exactly right. Odell not getting necessarily urgency downfield allows that yep. safety to go over. Now I think part of what happens here is likely thinks he wins, right? Likely yeah. beats his two underneath guys, doesn't see that backside safety, throws up to hand, and Lamar loses vision of that backside safety, ends up being a huge pick for Kansas City. Now contrast that yep. to Patrick Mahomes. Got to have a situation essentially to end the game, finds MVS down the field. They did this so often yesterday. And now first off, here is where it starts though. Okay. Think about the design of Todd Munkin's play, right? Yeah. It was either we're going to go to the double move or let's get all the way back to the scene by likely. Yeah. What they were doing for as far as Kansas City throughout every third down, they continue to target Travis Kelsey in man-to-man -man situations. So they're going to take Marcus Williams out of the middle of the field yep. and give a cut call up top to Kyle Hamilton. Now what does cut mean then? Cut means if we get a, if we get a crosser right now, we're going to pull Williams out the top and then we're going to push to the post with Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. Now me as an offensive coordinator, Andy, me, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, I'm trying to design a play for the guy that has become old reliable for me, but also handle some of the protection issues. What they do is this. They have Kelsey help with chips. That's yep. been a huge story this season as it's gone on. And then they're going to go, hey, Rasheed Rice, we want you versus man coverage to go crosser and MVS. If you win down the field, great. Now, here's the thing. This ball gets snapped, and you can see Patrick Mahomes see this safety, and he starts to have vision. I don't know exactly if it's cover 11 double or 88 combo, well, but it first, looks like so, they're trying so to double happens, right? Marcus Williams gets the chip, and after getting the chip, he feels like he can help. His body position okay. takes away Rasheed Rice right now, but it's the outside leverage of Arthur Millette that gets him in trouble. Yeah, and it's a fantastic job by MVS of seeming inside, and then Patrick realizes that low defender, safety-wise, is cutting either Kelsey or Rice, Backside, you've got Kyle Hamilton there. Yep. The middle of the field is absolutely vacated. This is what I love about Patrick Mahomes on this play. Because if Mollette does a really good job here of undercutting and Patrick throws a firm ball right yep. now, he's got a chance to like slingshot or undercover. That ball has to be thrown with great trajectory yep. to MVS to make sure that that nickel doesn't undercut. What I also love what he did as well was he straightened MVS up. Like if you watch MVS, he has a, a trajectory that's going to take him across the field toward the numbers. Watch the pass by Patrick Mahomes straighten him up and now Millette has to get in a trail position instead of being able to get to that hip. Fantastic. When you look at Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in that moment it tells you how important execution is to championships and it's no reason or it's no wonder that that team's been to four in five years. Man. I love that. Dan and RC back at the touch. Let's get to the Ravens, you guys, and what happened with their offense yesterday. Running backs for the Ravens not existent in this game. They rushed six times for just 23 yards, including just two rushes for five yards in the second half. Five yards. That's crazy. That was not the script for the Ravens in their first 18 games this season. Baltimore running backs averaged nearly 22 rushes with 101 yards per game this season entering Sunday. 
So Marcus, naturally, we got to go to you first on this. So what do you make of an offensive game plan that was so pass heavy for Baltimore? Poor swag. You, you know what's been so frustrating, honestly, like, and Dio and RC just did it. I've, I've heard all of this talk about how phenomenal the Chiefs defense was, and they were. But Todd Munkin said, I'm going to make it easy for y'all. I'm going to show uh -huh. you spread formation and shotgun all game long. And I'm going to allow the best secondary in football to play <laughs> defense the way they want to. I'm going to allow you to play with whoever you want to put on the field. And you just have your way. Spags, <laughs> that's what Todd Munkin told him. We keep talking about it. And Lamar Jackson absolutely deserves the, 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 the energy that I'm going to give him for the rest of the week because he had some opportunities that he didn't take trying to play against Patrick Mahomes instead of the damn Kansas City Chiefs defense. But Todd Munkin, this is, listen, man, I gave the man credit all season long. I gave him credit. I talked about how the younger generation OCs was doing a good job, and he did it. Todd Munkin was the culprit when it comes to offense for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Tell Mina, really feel. I know we short on time. <laughs> we got the rest really of the feel. week. That, that's bull crap. <laughs> bull bull crap, <laughs> Tell him why you're mad, son. Like solving a game of Clue. Uh, yeah, okay. So he made his life easier by not running the ball, and I would say both him and Lamar Jackson made their lives easier by forcing the ball downfield. I, I want to go back to just last week after the Texans game where I was talking about how Munkin and Jackson worked so well together to solve the blitz in the second half. So against the blitz in that game, Lamar averaged 5.8 air yards per attempt. In this game against the blitz, over 10 yards per attempt needlessly forcing the ball outside the numbers downfield when, as, as Dan Orlowski pointed out in just the last block, the Chiefs were playing a ton of dime personnel. It wasn't just that they didn't run the ball, it was that they didn't take what was available underneath. I, it was a befuddling game plan, befuddling execution from the quarterback. I'm still really not over it either, Marcus. Yeah, um, you know what, guys? I do want to address the elephant in the room. I am wearing the Ravens purple-ish color today um, in remembrance for all of you who made the wrong pick in that game. I am okay. too. I'm trolling. Oh, I'm trolling. Coming up on NFL Live. We've got to go to break so no one can respond. It'd be your own people. The Lions' magical season came to an end last night, and a lot of blame has been placed on Dan Campbell's decision-making. But hear why Marcus disagrees with that narrative. We'll dive into the numbers, too, with Mina on exactly what it's said to do on fourth down. More coming your way after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. A magnificent season and a heartbreaking end. I felt like if we wouldn't turn the ball over, we definitely would have had a shot. Safe Flowers hit short of the end zone and fumbles the ball. Throws deep middle for the end zone and intercepted. They blew this thing. Lions led this by 17 at the half. And that lead just evaporated. It's the floating caught it. Caught. Touchdown. San Francisco. And the Lions are going to go back home one disappointed football team. We're glad you're with us on NFL Live. The Ravens and Lions lose, which now means their coordinators are available for head coaching jobs. So let's read and react to some of the coaching news. Adam, what do we need to know about Mike McDonald in Baltimore? Well, Laura, he is interviewing tonight for the Washington Commanders head coaching job, and he is expected to speak with the Seahawks later this week. So he is in play seemingly for both available head coaching jobs. And I can tell you the team's thinking awful lot of them. He's interviewed very well. And I will not be surprised if Mike McDonald gets one of these two jobs. When you look at Mike McDonald and what he was able to do with this Baltimore Ravens defense, and my girl Mina wants him in Seattle. So, Mike, don't stay in Washington. Make sure you get out of Northern Virginia and go run that defense in Seattle. You'll play the McVeighs. You'll play the Shanahans. Someone at the Baltimore Ravens was able to play well against this year. And so if you're the Seattle Seahawks with a quarterback that can at least be a bridge guy, that's who you want running your defense and your team. Specific shout out to Mina there. Let's go to Detroit next, Adam. What do we know about Ben Johnson's future? Also supposed to be talking with the Commanders and the Seahawks in the coming days, and he was thought of as the proverbial favorite in Washington. And Laura, he might get the Commanders' job in the end, but I am told that is not a lock, not at this time, that the Commanders have interest in the other candidates as well. So we'll see how Ben Johnson does with both teams, but like Mike McDonald, he is in play right now for both available head coaching jobs. So I want to be clear, I wouldn't mind him for Seattle either. I just want to say that. <laughs> okay. um, but he makes a my lot bad. of sense in my opinion. For Washington, uh, you know, with the young quarterback, they're going to have that draft pick to take one. Uh, ben Johnson's been so fantastic about around, about building an offense around the skills of his players, not just the quarterback, but the skill players in Detroit. Uh, basically using personnel and formations to set things up for the quarterback. He is fantastic. So I think with a young quarterback, it would be great to have an offensive like mind like him, especially considering the skill players who are available in Washington. I think you could build something really special around them. Both of those guys, great options. That's some coordinator news out of Philly over the weekend. Adam, where did they land on an offensive coordinator heading into next season? Kellen Moore, the former Cowboys offensive coordinator, is headed to Philly, and the Philadelphia Eagles essentially didn't make any changes to their head coaching staff, but obviously made vast changes on the coordinator side. Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator, and now Kellen Moore, rather than working with the Cowboys, will go up against his good friend Dak Prescott and the rest of the Cowboys. So pass game development innovation-wise in Philly, I like this. Kellen will bring different personnel groupings that's needed. He'll bring different formations needed, pre-snap motion needed. My issue is this. 
Jeff Stoutland, who's their offensive line coach, one of the best in the NFL, better have a very big voice in that building on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis because Kellen, as great as he is, is not notorious for running the ball, certainly not in ideal situations. We just watched the AFC Championship game, and that reader's ugly head. So as good as he is, he is going to need someone there with him, reminding him consistently that balance is going to be a focal point or needed to be a focal point of their offense. Yeah, interesting hire. We all raise the eyebrows a little bit at that one. Yeah. Okay, kick off your Super Bowl Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern with a special four-hour postseason NFL countdown. And after the game, it's NFL primetime with Boomer and Booger live from the field with all the highlights and post-game interviews. Still ahead, Marcus, tell us what's coming next. Well, first of all, we had an LMB, which means little man ball and infiltrate the BMB. <laughs> and he put it together very nicely. Shout out to my guy, Shefty. It was uncovered. And when the 49ers told me there's an actual bump box handler, I said, say less. And right now it's NBA young boys. <laughs> Did I get, get it right? Because here's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's not plural though, young boy, yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing the best I can to keep up here, Trent. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Shefty, Shefty, <laughs> them people get you to do any damn thing, man. Hey, first of all, first of all, Shefty, welcome to NBA Young Boy Generation. That's number one. But you Thank look you. really good with the boombox yep. and you were sitting with one of the, you were sitting with one of the Hall of Fame BMBs. So welcome to our lair, brother. How did you feel in that moment? Well, Big Homie has trained me well, so I'm always comfortable in the presence of Big Homies like yourself and Trent Williams. But obviously, there's a lot of music knowledge that I am lacking and need to get up to caught up to speed on. Well, I'm going to get you caught up, man. BMB coming up. Sit back and watch this with Chef D.S. Special. (laughs) Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Bring in the new year, BMB. Man, I'm, 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 I
that know we the best athletes on the football field. We are blessed with the hand of God. BMB! BMB! We do this for the money. Won't stop till I get me a bag. I'ma name him Hemothy Johnson III. <laughs> Look at the big fella run. Somebody better block him. Excuse me, please. On the brakes. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Drinks on me, club on me. We be tired, but we be ballin'. Man, I'm big, I'm big, I'm bad. Y'all, that stuff I said about club on me, I know we going to Vegas. Scratch that from y'all memory deck. We not going to the club. I can't afford it. All right, let's get to the BMBs, man. My dog, Omenahu. Listen, this is not in memory. You balled out against the Baltimore Ravens, so I got to show you love. This doesn't happen to Lamar Jackson, but you beat the block, you come around, and you finish with a strip sack. One of the biggest plays of the weekend. This is how we have to impact games. These are the things that we need to do when we get to this point because the quarterbacks are a premium. They are premium guys that we got to affect. A minute, shout out, huge shout out to you. I hate that you hurt, but that's a hell of a play, brother. Get you on BMB. Nick Bosa said, okay, all right, Detroit, I've had enough. Second half, I'm going to get after Jared Goff every chance I get. First of all, when you sit Dan Skipper down because he be reporting all the time, this is a hell of a play on Jared Goff to stop Detroit, put him behind the sticks, knock him off rhythm. Bosa went and made a game-changing type play because San Francisco needed all of them. So in the midst of the LMB, Brock Purdy, we got a BMB that showed up. And oh my God, did y'all see this? I love Aiden Hutchinson. Think he's one of the best young players in the league, but not on this play. Because George Kittle said, nah, player, I see what y'all been doing offensively in the run game. I'm going to handle mine out here. Ooh, he told Kyle nah. Shanahan, I don't need a damn tackle. Ooh. When both your knees hit the ground and somebody is pushing you down, it is ridiculous. Y'all, it was so bad, I thought the face mask got tangled up. Dan and RC know what I'm talking about. I thought they were stuck together. They were stuck like glue because a BMB did his thing on another BMB. Now that is BMB on BMB crime, but I'm fine with that because one of them got to make a play Marcus, and it was Kittle that day. They're both little dudes. Neither one of those dudes no, are BMBs. Not. What about Both of those dudes are small people. What about a they over 250. They wear skinny I mean, jeans. 250 is a requirement. Okay, so 250 is the requirement, in, RC. I've I'm been through this. Skinny man balling. <laughs> uh, hey, man. but I got to clear one thing up real fast. So you're not taking us to the a club? TMB. I just want to. No, make no, other plans. I, no, okay. no, yeah. all right. You well. can't get no, in. Make other plans. Hey, yep. Don't ask me for nothing <laughs> when we get to Vegas. You can't even get in. Don't ask me for nothing. Hey, here's what another RC gonna take us on decision making for Detroit. Okay, a crucial moment on fourth down. A lot of people talking about this. The Lions' win probability by going for it on fourth and three was 39.1 percent, according to ESPN Analytics. If they had attempted the field goal, it was 38.8 percent. So the numbers say this was basically a coin flip, and Dan Campbell chose to be aggressive. As He's always done. And can you blame him, right? The Lions added 63 points of win probability by going for it on fourth down in their first 19 games of the season. That was the fourth best in the NFL. Obviously, the aggressiveness did not work out in the conference championship. The Lions cost themselves 18 points of win probability with their fourth down decisions on Sunday. Here's Dan Campbell on the decision making. They were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back. Um, you know, and it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. 
Mina, we lean on you in these situations. Did you like what Campbell did on some of those fourth down decisions? I thought both attempts were defensible. Of course, we always just debate the ones that fail. They get the field goal <laughs> yeah. at the end of the first half. You remember that instead of going for it, that could also be considered a decision. Not one that I disagreed with, to be clear. Um, our model had them as toss-ups, as you pointed out. We never know what the team's models say. I will say, I, I didn't realize this in the moment. I only learned later that the kicker, Michael Badgley, was only 50% on his career from 45 to 50 yeah. outside. So I'm sure that factored into things as well. That is not a, a gimme. I do object to a couple of things Campbell did. Uh, on those plays, I was surprised that neither of them, they put Jared Goff under center, under center Pardon me, after he'd been killing them with the boot. In the second one, he was actually an empty, so there wasn't even the threat of a run. That surprised me. And then where I think Campbell deserved far more criticism and, and really should get the bulk of the attention today, much more so than the fourth down decisions, was running the football on third down at the end of the game uh, and then yes. having to take the time out. Because yes. yes. at that point, time matters more than points. You're basically leaving it up to an onside kick, which essentially means the game is over, guys. So either you have to be aggressive throwing the ball and managing the clock or just kick the field goal and wait. That, to me, was the worst mistake he made of the entire game, not the fourth down decisions. Dan, can Dan Campbell overrule the call of Ben Johnson, or does he have to give him the leeway in that moment? I think you're giving the leeway. He's gotten you there. I, here, here's my pushback on that call, and I know there's you know, fourth down conversations. In that moment, you're calling your best play. You're, you're, yeah. you're really calling. I've seen Detroit right. do that multiple times this year and run it in. You're, Montgomery's in the game. You're calling your best play. I think if Jamison comes down and makes that block, it's a different story. So I think you're just telling him, hey, get us in the end zone. You know, and okay. I understand the vantage point of like not being, not having that timeout in your bag ends up being. I, I think it's really important. I thought both fourth down decisions were the right calls. Who are we? Our best units are offense. And who are we playing against San Francisco? We've controlled the game. Like, you got to look at what ended up being the cause for that fourth down situation. Yeah. Both third, third downs, you sit there and go, credit San Francisco for what they did. Yeah. Both third down calls were good calls yeah. by Ben Johnson. Yep. And plays were made by San Francisco. And both fourth down calls, one's a drop and one Armstead blows the play up. So I think if we take the step back, Dan Campbell, it's not black and white. Dan Campbell's going, who are we best at? Offense or defense? Offense. Who are we yeah. playing against? San Francisco. What's their weakest units? Their defense. And, and I don't want to give their offense the ball back. So I, I think the, that's who they are. That's how the game was going. And they were controlling the game. They just didn't make either of those plays. Hmm. Dan, that's what I talked about, man. Like, uh, the aggression is who they've been. But the point is, the aggression wasn't the problem. It was the execution. Right. Like, that was clearly players yeah. not making the plays. And these are plays that we think should be made routinely in the NFL. The other one was the third down that Reynolds dropped on the crosser. Yeah. That was a yeah. critical play yeah. in the football game. But the fourth down, especially, and you hate to kind of surmise it in that because you don't want to put it on one player, but that is what Dan Campbell is thinking. And then these missed opportunities. Yeah. The one that Jameer gives. This route here to Sam Laporta. The Detroit Lions left this game saying we gave, we handed the San Francisco 49ers a win. Look, I know Brock Purdy was phenomenal, and we talked about it earlier in the show. But if you go back to opportunity after opportunity with the Detroit Lions, they gave this game away, man, because of poor execution. And they only ran it eight times in the second half, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the big thing is when people lose games, like I've never lost a game and went home and went, man, 
We did every single thing correct. Right. Right. When you lose <laughs> games, there are going to be some right. things that you didn't Funny. do correctly. There are going to be some mistakes that you made. And I know nobody's probably going to agree with me. I hated taking some of those early shots. I know on one of the flea flickers, Jamison Williams had an opportunity to catch it. Josh Reynolds was held up because there was some pressure on Jared Goff on the quarterback throwback. Sam Laporta probably had an opportunity with a better throw. I thought the way that they were managing the game early with the runs, also with the smart throws inside the numbers when playing against zone, was such a way to not only burn clock, but continuously move the ball. And I felt like some of those early misses put them behind the sticks. To the points about execution, the Lions had three drops on Sunday. That's tied for their most in any game this season. Just some luck factored in there. Okay, time for one more thing before we go. Serious Sneed. I mean, this is RC. Honestly, I could see you wearing. Uh, you know that boy with the school in Louisiana. Ooh, cleaning in the board of health right there. That boy was dressed like he finna make a play. Man, you can't go to the game dressed like the Princess of Mundu like and not an make a game-changing play. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Mina and I are wearing that exact that outfit at the Super Bowl. That's so a I'm jealous. We'll see you tomorrow. That boy was dressed like it was Founders Day.